she goes, they've got cats and one of them has only three legs. I love three-legged cats. And I like, you know, it was That's just- That's what did it. Yeah, that was what did it. She's like, oh my God, I could have a relationship with you and we too could get a three-legged cat. Welcome to the Coffee Shop AU. I'm your host, Jay, and you are listening to part two of my interview with my friend Sherry, who's a married lesbian university professor and a proud sex toy store owner, discussing her awesome American Korean life that she's built with her partner right here in Seoul. To catch up with the rest of Sherry's story, please listen to part one of our conversation whenever and wherever you like. Hope you enjoy! After that, I was a dog groomer for many years. Mm. And you still groom your poodle. I do. I'm actually super thankful for that one weird little life skill because it allowed me to get the poodle. I could never afford to pay for dog grooming on a standard poodle. But since I just do it myself mm-hmm. at home, <laughs> I am able to, yeah. to have her, which is a joy. Yeah. Also... I was a sixth grade math teacher for a couple of years, uh, a nightmare mm-hmm. of a job. Strongly do not recommend. Yeah, not um, your favorite. Not my favorite position. Job experience. No. And I was a raptor biologist as well um, for a while. <laughs> a raptor, for those of you that just immediately pictured a dinosaur. Nope, that's a velociraptor. A raptor is a mm-hmm. bird of prey. So like hawks, eagles, owls falcons you know Mm. um that was a great job and i loved it and i also was in the united states naval reserve Mm -hmm. which people are oftentimes (laughs) surprised by because they're like the military sherry the military and you know at the time i think i think we were in the don't ask don't tell policy of queer people Uh in the military there. So as long Mm -hmm. as I didn't tell people that I was a lesbian, my bosses Mm -hmm. were technically not allowed to ask. Right. But if anybody found out that I was a lesbian, then the military would separate you. So for example, if I was (gasps) seen out anywhere acting like a lesbian, meaning holding somebody's hand or being physically intimate Mm -hmm. or whatnot, then that was enough to be separated out of the military. But to be honest, this is just how it was to be queer and in the military at the time. What attracted you to join? Um, I, I mean, I have a history. My family served in the military. My father served in the Navy. My uncle served in the Navy. Lots of people mm. going back through my family served in the military. My grandfather served here in Korea during the Korean War, was actively involved yeah. in that event. So it's, there's a family history, yeah. but it's also was, you know, the time. So it was you know, a little after 9-11. And so there was also a bit of a patriotic sense. Um, Plus, because of 9-11, there were a lot of policy changes with the military and how a person who was not in the military could access military bases. And I also was dating a person in the military. And to not be Mm -hmm. in the military and dating a person in the military as a queer person was very challenging at that time. And so if I wanted to be able to go to a lot of the places that that person was going, I also needed to be in the military. So being in the Naval Reserve helped with that issue, right? Straight people would not probably think about that because they would simply get married, (laughs) you know, or Mm. whatever. So, but we didn't have that option. 
So, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know about that part. Yeah, um, the truth is, I loved the military. Not all of my experiences in the military were good, right? Some of them were awful. Mm -hmm. But that's true in life, right? In any position, mm -hmm. any job in life, you're going to come across things that are awful. And that if you think, ooh, I wish that that had never happened, or I hope that that doesn't happen, or uh, this better not ever happen again, that happens in all parts of our life. So I don't consider that the military mm. was extra bad because of a couple of these experiences. To be honest, I'm super yeah. thankful to have the experience of the military. It did teach me a lot about discipline. I always laugh that the best thing it taught me was patience. Um, when you're in the military mm. and not leading the group, you don't get a lot of say-so about what is happening. Mm -hmm. And so it is a very good mental practice to just be able to accept what happens. <laughs> hey, you're going to go <laughs> dig a hole over there. Uh, and then in, after you complete that hole, we're going to go, wait, the hole shouldn't be there. Fill that hole in and go dig it over there. There's really no point in being upset about things like that. Why? Because I don't have any control over it anyways. So I'm going to have to go to work and I'm going to have to work eight hours a day. I just do what somebody else tells me and I make peace with it. Why? It's not my decision. Very little in our life is really about my own decisions. Hmm. Some of it is, right? But not all of it. Mm. And that ability to just accept choices that are outside of my control with grace, with patience, mm. is a skill I am so glad I learned in the military. Actually, mm. that was my number one skill for success in Korea. Korean culture uh -huh. and American culture is quite different. Yeah. And... I saw a lot of other Americans come to Korea and just really suffer from very extreme frustration. Why are we doing something like this? It's ridiculous. This method is dumb. And in my mind, I absolutely agree with those people. You're right. This is dumb. It's definitely not going to work. Why are we doing this? But you know what? Those things oftentimes don't matter if it's dumb or if it's not going to work. If a boss mm -hmm. or the owner wants it done that way, most people are not going to listen to you to change that idea. Mm -hmm. So I already had learned that skill in the military. So when I got to Korea, it was so easy. Yep, I'm going to oh do it gosh, the way you, you want. Sound like, you sound so eerily like every Korean guy who ever served in the military, which is compulsory. So many, 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 the majority of Korean men. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. Yeah. You know, and I think this might be the closest we've ever come to discussing your philosophy on life. Because we don't. <laughs> we don't. Do you have a religion? Because I don't think I don't think I've ever heard you talk about that. I don't. Yeah, me neither. So, you know, that's uh, interesting that I think that helps me understand you better. Some of your attitudes in life. Mm. Mm. I do believe in changing things. Like if I think, for example, that my boss or somebody out in the world that I'm working on something with. If I believe that they are open to suggestions, of course I yeah. will give them, right? I'm not a machine <laughs> that just is like mm. blindly following orders, but I also do not believe in wasting my time when there are things I cannot change. Uh, that is mm -hmm. it, just wasting my energy when I could better focus my energy on something I actually have the ability to influence, right? Have the ability yeah. to change. So... I do try to use my very precious, very limited energy mm -hmm. on things that make a difference and things that will actually maybe work. So 
But that was a skill yeah. I learned in the military. Right. Mm. I can sort of see why you would love the military. Mm. Like, I do see some of that coming out in you. I don't know how much of that is, like, innate. Oh, none of it was innate. Oh, okay. None of it. But you worked at uh, Ken's oh. handyman the place handyman, when yeah. you were younger. And you sort of persisted. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So some of those, I guess, are traits that are just in me. Yeah. <laughs> and these days, where I see those traits come out is when you try those life hack things. <laughs> You know, like blowing it into a little hole on an eggshell and then it like pops out. Yeah. And your wife has multiple recordings of you failing, failing. but you never give up. No. In the end, you persevere and you make it happen. I did make it happen. It is one of those things of I believed it could happen. I just believed that I wasn't doing it correctly. So every time I failed, I was like, well, that method didn't work. Let me try a new approach. Yeah. Yeah, that's in there. That's in there. Yeah. I saw that a lot in uh, how you run your business as well. Mm. You know, like you would just try different things. And I've always thought that was really cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I think it's because I don't believe that failure is a permanent state. Mm. Right. I just believe that when I fail at something, in my mind, I, I learned that that didn't work. So I'm smarter after I fail and I go, that didn't work. Let me try something else. I don't always try something else immediately because I don't have new good ideas on what might work. But once I've come up yeah. with another possibility, I'll probably try it again. So I, I'm mm. not a person that really thinks that failing something is bad, which I guess is also that perseverance, mm -hmm. just keep trying, just keep going. That's a strong yeah. part of my personality. Yeah, that's definitely a great trait to have if you are relocating to Korea. It really is. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. Not to say I'm like that all the time, of course. Like, for example, after I had been in Korea for a while, but not too long, and I ended up on a bus mm -hmm. that I should not have been on. And this is back in the day before smartphones and all this. So I ended up in the middle of nowhere, did not know how to get home, didn't know where I was. I was hungry. There was a restaurant there i've been there yeah before smartphones before, before everything maps. there's yeah. a menu with not a single picture so i was able to make the sounds of course i could read korean but i had no idea mm -hmm, what i was mm -hmm. reading and i remember coming back out of the restaurant because i was too embarrassed to order something and i'm like crying on this street i'm lost and i just want to <laughs> eat a hamburger <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, you do love hamburgers. I yeah. do love hamburgers. So mm -hmm. there are moments, of course, that one just kind of stops and cries, but you just can't keep crying. Mm. Life lessons from a middle aged lesbian. There we go. We can all you should have a TED talk, you know, <laughs> just or a daily inspiration. That could be the title. It's OK to cry. It's OK to cry. Here's a time I failed at this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't keep crying. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I made that a suggestion that you should, like, make those videos where you just fail at every <laughs> life hack attempts, those little, like, tricks, and show how sometimes things just don't work out and it's okay. I, I do need to do that because I'm really good at it. I am mm -hmm. so good at failing at things. <laughs> it is exactly right. Oh, my right. gosh. Um, so you persevered yep. in this grinding Korean culture where mm. it's a very top-down kind mm, of structure on all levels of society. And you made it. You made it to professor. Yep. 
and you are teaching these courses that you really personally designed, yeah. which I really admire. Thank you. Because I can see the passion, I can see the work that you've put in, and yeah, just everything. I love it. I feel like I should say there was yeah. a lot of tears during those periods as well. Oh, so yeah, hard. I can, I can uh -huh. only imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that, that's part of life, right? And part of life. Like you said. And at the university mm -hmm. that you are at now, mm -hmm. and also at your previous university, mm -hmm. you are out yes. as a queer person. Mm -hmm. Have you always been out at your workplaces? Yes. Although my very first workplace, when I came to Korea, I didn't out myself. My oh. coworkers outed me, but they kind of did it accidentally. I came into okay. work before my contract started. Mm. You know, I've just come to Korea. I came in, I wanted to come in and meet the boss. So I was actually hired before I came to Korea, which is of course terrifying, but I came into a really great school and everything about it was great. I've heard nightmare stories, but I did not have that. And mm. I came in, met the boss, looked around the school and all this. And then I heard later what happened is a couple of my brand new to be coworkers immediately ran yeah. into the boss and was like, wow, we're so impressed. Your hiring is getting better. You hired a gay person. This is such a good thing for the school, blah, blah, blah. They're going on and on. And the boss was like, what? She's not gay. And they're like, she is so gay. Look at her. Um, and so I got outed really by their guests mm. before I mm -hmm. ever even started. I think for a while they did not want to think that I was gay, but they realized, okay. you know, after a little bit that I was and yeah. they, they were fine with it. You know, and actually I worked there for two years. The next year they hired like four more gay people and they were like, I guess gay people are fine and they're good teachers. So <laughs> I just laughed and laughed. Trendsetter. Trendsetter. Yeah, that's me. Breaking the glass walls. Yeah, right. <laughs> I feel like the ceiling is not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I'm just punching everywhere. Reality, you know, I'm breaking yeah. them all. <laughs> And uh, mostly accidentally, mostly accidentally, mostly just things. by me yeah. <laughs> living my life. And I don't even yes. notice that there was glass there to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So every place I've been to after that, I don't introduce myself that way. Right. In the interviews, mm. because I don't assume anybody, you know, introduces themselves like that <laughs> at an interview. Right. If I was straight, I would never walk up to somebody, shake their hand and be like, hi, I'm Sherry. I'm super straight. And uh, so we're going to have a very expected existence working together. No, not even one time <laughs> have I ever heard that happen. So I don't do that myself, but I also do not censor my words. Yeah. Once I'm involved in my workplace, if people are talking about their family, for example, I too will talk mm. about my family as it exists. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not hiding anything. I consider myself to be very professional. So I talk about mm -hmm. my life when it is professionally appropriate yeah. and I don't hide who I am. I didn't usually tell students though. Mm. I just didn't really talk about my private life at all with students. So yeah. which is kind of expected. Right? That's my opinion as well. Yeah. Mm. At my current workplace though, more students know now. Um, and they know honestly because I have mentioned 
uh, my wife mm -hmm. in a place that is appropriate, right? There is sometimes appropriate yes. times to mention your family when you are at yes. work, even talking to students. And so they know mm -hmm. now that I am married, that that person is a woman. And of course, I have not told every student I've ever had this, but you know what happens? Mm. <laughs> students talk to each other. So mm -hmm. I think the word is definitely out on campus, right. who I am and who my wife is and all this. So what's very interesting, what's happened recently is students are coming up to me and talking to me. Mm -hmm. so they're coming out to me. I've n never really had yeah. this happening, but I would say three people in the last two weeks have come out to me as being queer on my campus. And I'm like, yay. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. That's more people than I knew that were queer when I was in high school. In high school, I was the only one. <laughs> and in two weeks, three people so have come true. to me to say that they are queer in some way, right? Mm. And I'm fascinated, especially because the reason they're talking to me, I think it doesn't actually have to do with me being queer. Although some of them did mention, one, one mentioned the other day that I'm the only person that they know of on campus, mm -hmm. the only faculty or staff member that is queer between a handful of foreigners right. and hundreds of Koreans, and they don't know a single Korean that is queer, which is heartbreaking to me. And right. I, to be honest, I don't either. Like, I don't know any others. Mm. And so whatever it is, it's a deep secret for the, the faculty and the students don't yeah. know anybody. So the reason they're talking to me is because they know I'm married. They know I'm married mm. to a Korean person who is also mm -hmm. out. And, you know, I think a lot of them had this image in their mind that because they are queer, their life was going to be lacking in some way that they were going to have to hide who they are from their family, or they're gonna to have to hide who they are from their workplace. They're never gonna be able to get married. They might have to yeah. constantly be hiding their relationship from people and things like yeah. this. And I am the first person that they have ever met that doesn't do those things. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are fascinated with Young, my wife, right? Because those mm -hmm. students are Korean. And so for yeah. them to even hear of another Korean person that is what they view as living their true authentic life, right? That's my students look at mm -hmm. Young and they're like, wow, she's really living her life. And I think it just gives them a little bit of hope that they too can live the life that they want for themselves. Yeah. I was very surprised that the students are starting to find me and asking me questions mm -hmm. and telling me their stories and things. It's it's very interesting. Yeah. Are these students that you teach or just students at school? Both. And Both. that's the part right. that is also surprising to me. <laughs> yeah. That is surprising mm. because they will just hear mm. about you. Hey, there is a out queer professor mm. on campus. Okay, let me go talk to her. Right. Um, and what you said about your wife, uh, Heung, just to give a little bit of context, she, as an openly out lesbian woman, mm -hmm. Korean woman, mm -hmm. who owns and runs a sex toy store, yeah. 
She's been on a few podcasts.、Mm-hmm. She has been on some YouTube、mm-hmm. things, and sort of she's had some media exposure. Yes, she has. Are some of your students? Do you think discovering her through those channels? Absolutely. And then she also talks openly about your relationship together. Yes, she does. She talks about you a lot.、Mm. She posts a lot of videos of you <laughs> on her personal <laughs> Instagram channel, which are so endearing, <laughs> and it's so such raw reality. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Like, of how you are as a couple, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, to be honest, I I do think that a lot of my students find her, and then because of、mm. her post, they make the connection. Especially if they're、yeah. not my student, right? But just、yes. students on campus. So I have had students come up to me, like out in the hallway or in the sidewalk, and、mm. they'll say, "Hey, I heard you know Heyong on this podcast," and. They'll、mm. tell me how inspiring they think she is, right? They're like, she's、mm-hmm. so inspiring. One student said she's an influencer. She's changing things in Korea. Yeah,、I'm、like yeah, she is. I never really thought about it that way, but when the student is talking to me, I was like, huh, yeah, she really is. But the way she's influencing people is simply by living her life. Yeah, she's living her life and acting like it is normal because it is normal. It is normal. It is normal. Exactly. I think that's the most inspirational part. That I don't know if Heyoung thinks of herself as you know inspiring people, being an influencer. But I would one hundred percent agree with that description. As somebody who was coming into their own queerness when I met you both,、mm. the way that she introduced herself and the way that she just showed me her wedding ring, and she's <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, I'm married." Yeah. And then her friend next to her was like, "To an American." <laughs> okay, cool.、Um, you know, best of both worlds. You know,、mm. like a queer person, a queer couple, and they also speak English and Korean. <laughs> they fit the bill. I'm gonna be friends with these people. No, that's not what I thought. Check, I just check, really check. was impressed by. She didn't make a big deal out of it, and so it was just like, oh, okay. I guess that's that's her life,、mm. and that's her marriage, that's her family, and、um, I've never not known you as a couple. Yeah, I met you as a couple. And I I don't think I even really thought about your marriage or your family like as something different or new.、Mm. Because as soon as I met you, you kind of you know you were part of this community、mm. of people who lived in the same neighborhood. You've been friends with some of them for many many years, and you really just took me into the fold.、Mm. And I think this is also because you're a little bit older than me,、mm. both of you.、Mm-hmm. A lot of queer people my age were really into like the night club scene,、uh, mm. which can be very fun. Oh sure, you know hookups, drinking <laughs> with friends, just、yeah. like you know, like losing memories <laughs> because you're out drinking all night, which can be really fun, and that、mm. was part of my journey too. But the life you two had together was very everyday, very、mm. mundane. It's、yes. kind of, oh, you got drunk. You can come over and sleep on my couch.、Yeah. We'll make you coffee in the morning,、yeah. and then we'll go for a walk with our dogs. And also, you know, pre-pandemic,、mm. you always had people over at your home. Oh yeah. You know, the friend group would gather in your living room. We would just cook. We would have dinner and just talk about whatever. And there was a really good mix of just everybody. You know, people、sure. of different orientations and identities and. 
I feel super lucky that you were the queer epicenter that I fell into. You were like my first queer group of friends mm. because it wasn't just one group of people. Mm. And it was introduced to me in the middle of friends hanging out. Yeah. And some of them are married and some of them are not. Mm -hmm. We're all different ages. Mm -hmm. We've had different life experiences. And this is what a married queer couple's life looks like. This is just so normal <laughs> you know it was so ordinary <laughs> you're like it's so anticlimactic i thought it would be more exciting and it turns out it's so it was not. like <laughs> the coziest if i'm honest i didn't grow up with like the healthiest family dynamics mm. i don't know many people um you know <laughs> that we know of around us in our immediate circles did yeah but that might have been the first healthy safe really cozy kind mm. of nurturing family environment that I experienced, oh, truly. Thank you. Um, That's so kind. Yeah, so that normalization to be introduced to the queer community in that way, mm. I don't think about it a lot because that was my experience. Mm. But when I talk to my other queer friends who are my age or a little bit younger, mm. it just comes to me sometimes. Like, that is not everybody's experience. I don't know what my my understanding of queerness, my identity as a queer person, how I feel about all of this mm. would be if I didn't have my experiences with you. <laughs> Thanks. You've been in this relationship for a really, really long time. You were, like, together for how many years? Before getting married. Before getting married. Um, we were, I like to say, we were somtada in 2008 Some and we <laughs> yeah we became an actual couple in 2009 yeah okay so sometime in stage yeah. in 2008 and then became a couple a year later yeah it was quite a long time of what are we i don't know <laughs> and oh yeah are we anything no not at all <laughs> no, it was, <laughs> so it was a lot happening and then you were together before you got married in we got married in 2016 yeah right in the most romantic six and a half minute long las vegas <laughs> wedding ceremony it was magical <laughs> It, and I, the, funny, the funny thing is... It looked magical from the photos. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was magical. I loved it. And people are like, you got married in Vegas? And I'm like, yep, it was in and out and incredible. I loved it. It was mm -hmm. great. I love your stories <laughs> from that time. Yeah. You look like you're having so much fun, oh. honestly. And you look very much like yourselves. Right? So, and then, <laughs> so you got married in 2016. You're yeah. still together. You've been together a long, long time. Mm. I'm sure there are people who are listening to this who are navigating long-term relationships of their own, long-term committed relationships. Mm -hmm. So if you have any tips for them, I would love to hear some of them. Mm. You know, we, we talk, of course, uh, Heung and I talk a bit about our, our relationship, right? I mean, the reality is relationships are work and you have to put mm -hmm. effort and energy into them to make them yep. be successful. But we also yep. know that we are individuals and that, you know, somebody else can't solve my problems for me. She can't solve my problems for me. I can't solve her things. So... We have kind of developed that skill over time of knowing when to, you know, how to be there for somebody and also knowing that their bad mood oftentimes has nothing to do with me and I just need to sit back and ride it out. You know, let that, it's like, like water off a duck's back, right? That has nothing to do with mm. me. And 
we also know how to, you know, support each other well, like if we're not feeling good or we are feeling great, we know how to support each other through those moments. And um, one thing from the very beginning uh, of our relationship, we had a couple of things that we've we wanted to do. And one of them was you can't say things in anger that you don't mean mm -hmm. in order to hurt the other person or try to convince them to do something. We especially uh, limited, <laughs> denied the use of the phrase, I think I want to break up with you, or I might want to mm -hmm. break up with you. Like that is mm -hmm. such a phrase that you use to emotionally torment your partner, right? That if you say that, yeah. it had better mean you are at your wits end, <laughs> your last yeah. straw, not a I am frustrated in this moment kind of phrase. Mm -hmm. We also very much uh, had a rule of don't make decisions when you are feeling badly. For example, mm -hmm. if I am like with my fibromyalgia, if I am in a very bad place with it, I am not going to make relationship decisions at that moment because I feel yeah. so badly. I just need something to change. And a lot of times I cannot change my job, right? I'm, I have to work that mm. particular position or I cannot change my house, which means I look around and the one thing that is easy to change is your partner. <laughs> you done. Mm -hmm. And so we know that that though is just because I need some other change in my life that I feel I could not do. So I change the easy thing. We made mm. that off limits. You can't make decisions about the relationship when you feel really bad. Uh, you have to wait mm -hmm. until you are in a better place and then look at your relationship. We also have a standard of we understand that the other person is not a mind reader. And honestly, yeah. I think that was probably our most helpful, one of our most helpful rules. And we occasionally remind the other person of that if we feel like they might have forgotten we will say, I am not a mind reader. Mm -hmm. If you want me to do this particular thing or not do that particular thing, you need to say it because I don't know what's actually happening in here and I'm going to use my best judgment on it, but that's clearly not correct, <laughs> you know, or that didn't mm -hmm. work. So we try to remember we need to use our words, right? We also remember not every single thing needs to be said. Uh, you know, yeah. if, are my words here actually necessary? Are they going to help solve yeah. this problem? Or am I just using them as a weapon? So mm -hmm. uh, we're pretty aware of the things that we think really could potentially hurt our relationship. And we try to avoid doing those things. We are not always perfect at it. But because we have thought about these things in advance, it's easier to not do them in the heat of the moment when maybe mm -hmm. you would be more likely to uh, say things out of anger or hurt that you wouldn't otherwise really say or believe. Yeah. But we also are quite good about thanking each other for our efforts, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, Heung comes in. I, I do all the laundry in the house. I like to doing laundry. It's It suits me. I love folding laundry. <laughs> Uh, and so yeah. it really works for me. And Heung is very good about walking into the house and looking, going, oh, you did the laundry. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm like, mm -hmm. thanks for noticing, you know, and if if I feel like she 
is not appreciating something that I have been doing on a regular basis, I might look at her and say, guess what? I dusted the house today. And she'll go, yes, you did. Thanks a bunch. Right. So we're both mm -hmm. pretty good about uh, being acknowledged for our efforts. I'm thankful she goes to work at the shop all the time and I can, you know, work on mm -hmm. other things. I'm super thankful. And I tell her. Uh, so again, I think we're pretty good at using our words in a positive to get a positive result yes. rather than using our words to bring about a negative result. Yes. Um, I've definitely seen this in practice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your, your dynamic and how much effort you put into making your relationship work mm. as smoothly as it looks from the outside. Mm. And I feel like some of that I experienced. I was on the receiving end of this kind of acknowledging efforts mm. and oh. sort of noticing the little things than just saying it out loud, mm. you know, when I was working for you. Mm. And I think I learned a lot from watching you two and then having that experience. Yeah, it's kind of a unique experience to be in your home and be your personal friend uh -huh. uh, and watch the relationship dynamic work and uh -huh. then also be your employee uh. and see that dynamic carry over into mm. a more public and workspace. <laughs> And oh, honestly, tremendous, yes, tremendous growth um, <laughs> just from being around you. Mm. I also just want to add, like, I remember, you know, this little post-it note that you had when you were living apart for a little bit mm. for work reasons. Yeah. And you said you had a little bit of like a communication issue going on at the time, mm. but you had written on a post-it note, <laughs> do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Yeah. And you try to remember that every time you spoke with Heyoung. Yeah, oh, I and forgot that about that. And that left a big impression on mm. me. Mm. Oh, you <laughs> I had forgotten about that. But I remember, now that you mention it, yeah, I had that a lot. I kept it up for a long mm. time because that is a part of my personality, right? Of, ooh, I need to make sure that I win. You know, I am right about this and blah, mm. blah, But relationships are not about keeping score. It does not matter mm -hmm. if you are... Right. Especially when we're talking about these little tiny unimportant to our lives things. Yeah. And so I was like, this is not the hill I need to die on. I would so much rather be happy. Yeah. I, but I kind of had to learn that skill. Right. That's also yeah. a skill. It's so much easier now. <laughs> it's so much easier because I can appreciate <laughs> and value yeah. all of these things that my wife says and does. You know, I don't mm. necessarily have to agree with every single thing because you know what is also true? Two things can be right at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that yes. was what I really kind of struggled with in the beginning was that I could be right and so could she. So therefore, I don't need to try to drive my point home. And I just need to accept yeah. that that is right. Mm -hmm. Done. <laughs> now yeah. we're all happy. So. Right. Yeah. And the fact that you acknowledge it as a skill and that you worked at it mm. like you would at any other skill, mm -hmm. you know, that was helpful for me to see as a really? person. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted you to know that. Uh, my family consists of Heung and I, right? My wife and I, and our pets. We have mm. uh, two dogs, a standard poodle, and the world's tiniest chihuahua, <laughs> 1.4 kilos. So what is that about? three pounds, maybe mm. very small, but she's got a big attitude. 
And then we have yes. two cats. Both of them are street cats, but from different lengths of time. So mm-hmm. Casey came in when she was like seven days old. So she was only on the street for a short time and does not remember it, I think. In the rain. We were there when you rescued her. Yeah, I have a picture um... of you with her. (laughs) I have actually several pictures of you with her. I have a picture where you're, it's actually from the back of your head, but funny, Mm -hmm. I know it's you. And her little teeny tiny face is tucked up underneath your ear, like above your shoulder. It's very cute. So tiny. And we all saw you like nurse her. sort of back to life yeah, like and it every was... two hours i'm feeding this kitten yeah. formula yeah it was... Oh, it was true love it was true love <laughs> now casey is just like this huge tyrant who wants an only fans page for yeah, her butthole does. yes but you know <laughs> we still love her like yeah. she's still extremely lovable she is she's awesome and... And the other cat is Gabby, Gabby, who's also a rescue. Yeah, she just kind of moved in. <laughs> yeah, she chose you. Yeah, she chose me. I would feed her outside and she'd come. She'd hear me open the door and I'd hear her meow, meow, meow. She'd come in and look at me in the hallway. Mm. And I'd take Dumby outside to pee. Dumby's the poodle. Oh, yeah, Dumby's the poodle. Yeah. And the cat would run out too. And also she's like, oh, Mm. now is the time when we pee. And so I'd have the street cat peeing in the back and Dombey peeing in the back. They're like, and (laughs) Dombey just be like looking at her like, wow, mom, um, there's a cat and uh, she's peeing (laughs) right next to me. And what's happening here? Uh, But then the cat over time just continued to get closer and closer. And so like I could pet her, you know, she'd rub on me. I could pet her. She'd purr. Yeah. And then... She started just sitting outside the door to the apartment. Mm. And the neighbors were like, there's mm. a cat just sitting outside your door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. And then finally, it was kind of getting to the point of being dangerous. Like, she was too friendly. So uh-huh. uh, we caught her and uh, we just put her in a kennel and took her straight to the vet. That was not as easy as it sounds. Once she got into the kennel, she was like, oh, I'm being kidnapped catnapped i guess but she checked out her health was fine (laughs) and she had already been tnr'd you know when they do the trap neuter and release so like her ear Mm -hmm. has been clipped because somebody when she was a kitten caught her and neutered her right so she was reasonably healthy so we brought her back home and she was scared when we first brought her inside Mm -hmm. but you know she got over that really quickly and she never tried to leave so Even now, sometimes when I've taken the dog outside and I come back in, I'll open the door and she is literally right at the edge of the door. And my heart jumps a little bit because I'm like, she's going to run outside. No, no, no. She is just waiting for us to come back. As soon as we open the door, she goes and then she turns and walks the other way. She's like, oh, thank God you came home. So, oh my gosh, she's a sweetheart. She's like kind of the opposite of Casey in terms of personality. She Casey's really is. kind of like, I will be in your face, in your space, whether you want me or not. Gabby yes. is like, please just pretend I'm not here. <laughs> yes, yes. I agree. I <laughs> Casey is so demanding, but Gabby mm-hmm. is, she's very chill. She now, she comes out and she'll like sit on the arm of the sofa, but never your lap. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I will sit mm-hmm. nearby you. And you just sit there and yeah. appreciate my beauty. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, that's all the intimacy you're gonna get. Yes. She has a lovely vibe, though. She does. And both of your dogs are rescue tough too. Are rescue? Yeah. Yeah. We really. Yeah, they were rescued together. They were, yeah. and we were only going to get the poodle because mm. the poodle came from a family of three dogs, and there was a golden mm-hmm. retriever the standard poodle and then this chihuahua but um the reason they ended up in rescue we found out was that their previous owner had died and so mm. the rescue center had already gotten a home for the retriever and the yeah. chihuahua but they were really struggling with the standard poodle and that's actually very common in korea because standard poodles mm-hmm. are very expensive to maintain the bigger the dog, mm-hmm. the more expensive the vet bills, and considerably so. Yeah. And the grooming on a standard poodle is well beyond the means of most people. I heard. So yeah. because of the costs, they couldn't get her adopted. Yeah. But they described her as being very calm. And I was like, mm. very calm? That is exactly the animal I need in my life. <laughs> so I showed Hyung this picture I'm like, hey, do you want to go check out this standard poodle? Um, she's yeah. calm. and <laughs> That was the only description. Yes, that's the only description in her picture, which was, I'm just going to put out there, not very flattering. Not flattering. No, we are all kind of taken aback as a group when you share the picture with us. Like, yeah. oh, wow. Oh, you this want is the picture. That dog? Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, Hyung in good grace was like, yeah, sure, let's go down and see her. And so we go down to another city, we check her out, and she looks exactly like her picture. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> she uh, was calm and very charming. But when we walked into the center, suddenly over ran this tiny, tiny chihuahua. And what mm. do I hear but Hyung go, oh, they've got a chihuahua. Mm. Because, you know, we had had Toby, yeah, the other Chihuahua, for like, I had him for 15 mm. years. And so she really liked Chihuahuas. She bends down. She picks up this tiny Chihuahua and she's mm. tucked her into her neck and she's petting her. And she's like, oh, she's so cute. She's so cute. Mm-hmm. And I lean to the rescue person. I'm like, I thought that one was going to another home. And <laughs> that lady goes, it didn't work out. And I'm oh. like, I wonder why. <laughs> And then we found out. We found out. I try to pet Yoram, and she turns to me, full teeth showing, and goes, and tries to bite me. (laughs) And I just looked at the the rescue lady, and I'm like, yeah, we'll take that one, too. And uh, so... We'll take the Yoram, the Chihuahua, too. We're like, you just... Oh, well. You load her up into the car, and I'll figure out how to get her out when we get there. Um... (laughs) She hated yeah. me. She growled at me every day, viciously, tried, showed her teeth, tried to bite me every day for two years. Yeah. Really? Yeah, she hated me. Well, I didn't know that. She was pretty chill from the first time I met her. She was chill most of the time, but certainly every day, usually in the evening, if she was anywhere near Hyung, yeah. who she always loved, she would try to mm. protect her, growling and barking, and she'd try to get me. Right. Um, but then one day, sadly... I caught COVID, right? And Mm. I was really quite sick. I could barely move, you know, all this. And the dog, Mm -hmm. at that moment, it's like it just took the will out of her to try and kill me. She was like, 
I can't try to kill this person anymore. She's practically already dead. So I'll just try <laughs> to nurse her back to life instead. And so when I was so sick, she started sleeping with me and she would hang Aww. out and she'd just sit on me and be nice. And since that time, she has loved me. So I appreciate mm. her nursing care. Obviously, I recovered. and uh, Reconciliation. It's like all classic great love stories. One person has to nearly die. Yes. And then the other person has to nurse them back to life. And then they fall and in love. And then they fall in love. And that was exactly what happened. It was the whole romantic arc right there. Yeah. Yeah. So. The grand adventure. It was. It was. It was so <laughs> fabulous. And of course, we each have our own family as well. You know, Heung, her mother, my mother, and my father. I talk to them quite a lot on FaceTime. Mm -hmm. I so appreciate technology. Mm -hmm. Being able to video call when you're far, far away from them yeah. has really been so helpful for our relationship. Uh, so uh, that's yeah. kind of the way our family looks. But most of the time, it's, it's us and our pets. And then, of course, all the rest of our... We always laugh and say they're like our adopted family members. They're a chosen family, right? Like mm. you and several other people that we... They're the chosen family that we've made ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have several yeah. of those just really adored people that we also keep Aww. close, whether we're yeah. physically close or just emotionally close. And we always care about those people so much. So mm -hmm. I guess if you look at that as our extended family, <laughs> we're quite lucky yes. because we have some really yeah. great, amazing people around us. I agree. We're so thankful yeah. for. Seriously. I know that, you know, this is one of those like, cliche things that people say but i think it's so true if i was in jail and i needed somebody to bail me out i know that you'll be there for me i would be I know, there i yeah. know i can count on you thank yeah. you and you know hopefully vice versa yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if i ever go to jail please bail me out <laughs> yes i i will okay. i will thank I'll, you i'll come get you okay good uh so now that we've established that uh -huh. what is it like to have a business and run a business with your spouse to be honest yeah it's better than i expected running a business right. with my partner um the one mm. trick that sometimes people aren't great at i guess the one thing is that you have to be able to separate what's happening in your business to what's happening in your mm. personal life and so yeah. you really need to be able to say, OK, well, we're having this disagreement about how we're going to run the business or what we're going to do or whatever. And then you have to be yeah. able to go home and forget that because it's not personal. And that's right. the part that I think we actually do pretty well. And I think that's mm -hmm. the part that a lot of people struggle with. It doesn't mean sure. it's easy. Again, you know, how we speak to each other, like how I speak uh, in a, a working relationship, a working environment is actually very different than how she speaks in a working relationship. And so occasionally mm. I'm too direct or I'm unable to read the context of the situation. And so right. it, that can be problematic. But yeah. we do know that business and our personal relationship are not the same. You know, uh, every once in a while, she knows, too, that she'll look at me and she'll be like, listen, 
I want you to not say no to this next thing because I'm pretty good at saying no, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because that's oftentimes my first reaction (laughs) just to say no. But, you know, she knows that. So she's like, I don't want you to say no here. And my heart immediately Mm -hmm. squeezes together because I'm like, "Uh oh, I'm going to want to say no. So Uh. she'll tell me her idea and then I have to creatively say no. I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so it is all mind it games. It is all mind games. No, then I have to realize that whatever she's about to tell me is important to her. So mm. I should listen to it with a very open mind. And mm-hmm. if it's possible to make it happen, then we should try to do that. And if it is not possible, then I need to have a really good reason about why it's not possible, not just no. Right. So I love running a business with her. It lets me see some of the most amazing parts of her. Right. We don't often know Mm. what our spouse does at work and what people do at work is kind of like a mystery. Oh, this person does job X. What does that mean they do? I don't know. We say that all the time to each other. (laughs) We do. What are you doing now? I'm doing this. What is that? I don't know. (laughs) Don't know. Yeah. But because, you know, we work together, I get to see her do amazing things that I just would never yeah. get to see otherwise. And that actually makes me like her a lot more because I, mm. I just see her at her best, yeah. how she's speaking or how she's dealing with people or, you know, connections that she's working with, the vision mm-hmm. she has in her mind. Yeah, I get to see All of those great things that, again, we usually don't get to see about our partner. So I kind of love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know how she feels about it. You'll have to ask her. But I love it. I will be asking Uh her. And I'm so (laughs) glad that it is a positive experience. Yeah. Yes. Like, I I have nothing to add. Yeah. (laughs) That's good to hear. Mm. I mean, from the outside looking in, also, you do have a very, very functional relationship Mm. uh, in both spheres. Mm. And so it's just good to know that it can work. And this is how two people are making it work. Yeah. It's nice to be able to see that, you know, like what you said about, uh, was it a student of yours who came to come out to you Mm. and they said to you, you're role models for us because you're happy. You're out, you're married, you're together and you're happy. happy. And that is something that I truly I mean, I've experienced this with having you as my friends, you know, (laughs) seeing older queer people, Mm. queer people who are older than you, who have their lives together. And yes, they're happy. Mm. We're not looking for perfection. We're looking for a realistic picture Mm. of a happy life where you can be yourself. You can be yourself with the person you love, people you love. Mm. And and it works. And for you, this is just your life. Like you said, Hyung's yeah. influencing people just by being herself and living her life. And so are you. For other people looking at you, especially for younger people mm. like me, it is what gives us hope that that's also something that we could have. Mm. You were saying earlier that a lot of queer people, younger queer people, maybe don't have that hope. Mm. Maybe can't see a future like the one you have. But when you do have a very solid example of a partnership in this way, and you also happen to be queer people, it's like, yeah, you know? Yeah. This is possible. It's possible. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it's precious. (laughs) It's important. Thank you. 
Yeah. It, yeah, it's, I kind of laughed when you said, and they've got it together or something. And I was like, no, we kind of have it together sometimes, but it's good enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's what I'm talking good about. Enough. Because you're pretty open with like talking about how you work on your relationship mm -hmm. too, you know? Yeah, you're just real with it all. Oh, yeah. You know, um, back in the day, really when Hyung and I were just some, <laughs> I had these friends. They are gay men and married mm. they were actually also a, a binational couple one is canadian mm -hmm. one is american and mm -hmm. they were older right they were older than i was like they had grown kids you know and so older guys yeah. and one of them worked for the department of defense the american department of defense at the time and i was fortunate enough to meet them and they accepted me into their lives and I got to see these, these very happy, pleasant, smart men in a very committed, loving relationship. And mm. again, to me, it just seems so normal. And I just really hadn't been around that kind of energy, I guess you could say, in a really mm. long time. And I just adored being around them. And I, I wanted to have a life kind of like that, you know? They cared so much about each other. It was obvious that they respected each mm. other for what mm. they did the, and that they they just cared about each other so much. And I just loved them. And then, like I said, when I was starting something with Hyung, it was really important to me that she meet them, that they meet her. And they actually knew about mm. her before I brought her around because I really had a very serious crush on her. Yeah. Let me just add for people who don't know what samtada mm. is. So samtagi, it means something like that phase before you establish a relationship. You're feeling each other out. You're yeah. like, oh, I gotta, I, I like yeah. this person. Do you like me too? Yeah. We'll see. Let's let's see. Um, let's see. It's and, there's something there, but yeah, we don't know what it is yet. Yeah. That's the Korean term for it. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, okay, good. Carry on, please. You know, I really had this very strong crush on her. And uh, mm. they knew that. And I was also like, yeah, but I don't know that she's ready. So I can't really mm -hmm. push any farther in this relationship at all. She's not ready. And they were like, yeah. for a minute, they were like, are you sure you want to wait around for this person? Because she may never be ready. And you don't want to be sitting around for that. And I'm like, I'm going to wait and see. And they're like, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then I brought her over and two things happened, yeah. right? One, she gets to see them and they get to see her. And mm. I didn't know this at the time, but for her meeting these guys in this mm. quote unquote normal <laughs> type of relationship and that they seemed so happy. You know, they have yeah. a beautiful home that they both care about and they maintain their relationship together. They were out. Like on mm. the wall was this picture of the two of them in tuxedos at a military related function. But they're there together right. as a date in their tuxedos. You know, that he was able to take this man, um, his male partner to this event. Yeah. And that he didn't hide anything. He was so proud. Mm. They were proud of each other. You know, they respected mm. each other. They, they were so kind and gracious and loving. 
And that was like the first yeah. time she really, really got to see that idea. And I didn't know how much of an impact that made on her at the time, but she mm. kind of could see that that was a possibility. And honestly, for me, right, my friends, yeah. these older gentlemen, you know, they met her and they were like, oh, we can see why you're waiting, why you're willing to wait and see if she is going to be ready someday to be with you. Mm -hmm. They also just instantly fell in love with her. And so it was just such right. a good experience for all of us. She gets to see this happy yeah. family. She, she goes, they've got cats and one of them has only three legs. I love three-legged cats. <laughs> and I like, you know, it was That's just- That's what did it. <laughs> yeah, that was what did it. She's like, oh my God, I could have a relationship with you and we too could get a three-legged cat. Mm-hmm. You're not too far off, honestly. I know. It's, it's yeah. so close. But there was just so much about it that was beneficial for all of us. And again, I still talk to those guys, too, even though they left Korea a long time ago. And mm. just for her, she only got to see them really a few times, right? I had, I had known them a lot longer. But mm. again, just seeing them that little bit made an impact on her, right? Allowed her to create this vision for what life could be like exactly so i guess everybody needs role models. i guess so <laughs> <laughs> and you'll know in the future if i ever bring anybody to meet you and i, I don't say anything you know like there'll be a vibe and i'll be like yeah. hey i really want you to meet sherry and Hyung. <laughs> yes you'll know what's up <laughs> i will know what's up we will we will be yeah. like "Ooh, we're on high five uh, you know give us a tour yeah that'll be exactly <laughs> here are it. our four animals <laughs> and our beautiful home our beautiful um, home <laughs> yeah honestly i i really do think that it makes all the difference and it's so beautiful that it's like generational too you had somebody That's and yeah and I had you, um, and then, you know, now your students discovering you too. It's a, I love a that happy for me. cycle. <laughs> it's a yeah, cycle. Exactly. It just keeps I, going. Seriously, like, I'm just so happy that for me, and probably a lot of it due to being around you two, that the concept of queerness and queer partnerships, queer communities, is so innately tied into hope mm. and you know possibilities mm. also reality like what's realistically possible i've had examples mm. you know so i i truly do like thank you for that you are my role models <laughs> oh thank you i'm just gonna say it you really are i tell like almost everybody i meet that like <laughs> so let me tell you about my role model gonna, that you didn't ask about you're gonna make me blush um but i do think it's important so as a same-sex couple who are out in all spheres of your life and mm -hmm. have been together for a really long time, and your partner is Korean and mm -hmm. you're American, are there challenges that you face as a same-sex couple living in Korea? Mm -hmm. And if so, how do you handle them? I mean, the the biggest challenge, of course, as a, a same-sex couple living in Korea is that marriage is yeah. not legal here. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I am not a, a super advocate for marriage. If you want to be married, then be married. If you don't want to be married, don't be married. Mm. But there mm -hmm. are some benefits to being married. And 
oftentimes people think of those things as like, oh, it's financially beneficial or whatever. And I don't actually know if that's true or not. I mean, again, I'm technically not married in Korea. My marriage in America doesn't apply here. So I have no idea if those things are true or not. Mm. But the reality is marriage is especially important when times are bad. When Mm. times are good, marriage is actually not that important. And what I mean Mm. is like this, for example, if I get terribly ill and I am in the hospital, I'm in the emergency room or worse, intensive care, the hospital nine times out of 10 will say only family members can come in. And Haeyoung is Mm. not my family, according to them. So Mm -hmm. it could be when I am at my most vulnerable, my biggest time of need, then the one person that I count on the most in my life will not be allowed to come in. And that's a problem. Because you're not related by blood or by marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If you have children, right? Now, I I don't, but let's say that you are a queer couple and you Mm. have children Mm. and maybe you could very easily lose those children if the Mm. birth parent dies or becomes Mm -hmm. incapacitated in some way. Those children will not stay with their other loving parent. They will go to some other family member that may or may not have ever been in their life. Mm. What happens if your beloved spouse dies? Okay, in that situation, it's very likely that a surviving spouse could lose their home. Can you imagine losing your spouse and then immediately losing your home because the government thinks it doesn't belong to you and the other person's family is going to come in and take it over and kick you out? It's just one of those things of when times are really bad, Mm -hmm. marriage is really important. You know, if you're not married, your next of kin Mm -hmm. is your parents or even a sibling. So do you want a person that maybe you haven't talked to in 20 years Mm. making decisions about your health? For example, you're in the hospital. They won't walk out and ask your spouse right there what you want. They're going to call your your mother and your mother may have no idea what you want or care about your best interests. And I just find that idea to be pretty terrifying. Yeah. You've been through some of those Mm. similar events. Yeah. And, you know, like, and then I was sort of around to know about some of it. Mm. And yeah, we we were just talking about those things together, you know, standing in your kitchen and just, it's an everyday conversation, but the weight of Mm. this reality is really heavy. It's kind of, I, it wasn't even happening to me. But because I care about you, when you were talking about that, you know, about signing your release forms, Mm. you can't sign each other's release forms for surgeries. And yeah, a lot of queer people don't have family members who are supportive supportive enough to make the decision that you would want them to make. You feel so helpless, you know, in some of those cases, because those decisions are removed from you. You don't have any agency. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's really From the people who truly care about you. Yeah, just hearing that and, you know, you were worrying about that Mm. in the future. It was pretty suffocating just to, like, think about it. So, yeah, I thought that might be one of your concerns. 
Um, oh, what about like everyday life? Do you feel like there is any prejudice, like open hostility or anything that really gets in your way? No, there have been minor irritations, but okay. not anything that I consider super huge. Like in Korea, for some reason, it is very common to give married people better benefits at work. You might get more money mm -hmm. or, you know, something else that has happened. And A, I disagree with that on every level. Like as a company, they're not hiring me and my family. They're hiring mm -hmm. me. So they should pay me the correct amount of money for the job. And it should have absolutely no difference right. on if I am married or not. So that's actually my fundamental mm -hmm. belief. But if I'm working for a company that pays married people differently because they value that, for example, whatever reason, mm. that is irksome. <laughs> I disagree with mm -hmm. the imbalance, but it's also very irksome for them to say, oh, but you're not married. I say, oh, but here's my paperwork. We don't care. Mm. <laughs> when uh, my, my cell phone number used to be in Heung's name. So she had my phone listed under her name, multiple accounts, which was fine for many years until mm. Korea started using your telephone to verify your identity. And I could no yeah. longer verify my identity because it verified to her. So we needed to mm. change that telephone number into my name so that I could verify it. And the mm -hmm. cell phone companies wouldn't allow it. And they said, you have to be family. And she said, we're married. Here's our marriage certificate. And then they were like, hold on, we'll call you back. And every company, when they called <sighs> us back, said, if you were both foreigners and married, we would switch your number into Sherry's name. But because you are Korean. What? Yeah. You have to follow Korean rules. So she's not your family. So you can't do that. So I lost my telephone number that I'd had for 10 years. Oh, my gosh. I mean, obviously, I'm fine. You know, it's not a huge issue, but it is one of those just kind of minor mm. irritations and injustices that I'm like, I loved my number. And I, how do I contact all these people to tell them my number has changed? Yeah. Uh, and so that was a very frustrating thing. Right. Yeah. But in terms of daily life, to be honest, most people, mm. they just deal with it. Most people are not yeah. so rude that they can't at least treat you politely to your face. And I do not care what people mm -hmm. are saying behind my back. I know you don't. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. like, yes, that is clear. Um, <laughs> so most people are polite enough to be polite to my face. And uh, and I don't care about the rest. Right. Yeah. And also, uh, I think one of the things that sort of I find it pretty funny just to do with like gender presentation and people's perception of gender, <laughs> you get mistaken quite a lot as a man do, yeah. when Heyoung says, oh, this is my spouse. Huh. They just assume that you're her husband because you have short hair, yeah. you're tall, and yeah, yeah, you present a certain way. You wear yeah. certain clothes, and they're like, okay. Oh, all right then. Straight married couple. Yes! And I am like, wow, that weird bit of, I don't know, prejudice or discrimination or appreciation for the other is really working for me right here. As long as they don't <laughs> actually see my ID card, we're aces. Mm. I know. I'm like, fascinating. So... Yeah, mm -hmm. that's pretty fun to hear about. <laughs> so we actually have now arrived at the last part, <laughs> which is, you know, I put in the question here, but I feel like we've already kind of talked about mm. what your passions are. 
What are you passionate about? I'm, I'm, In 10 sentences or less, go. <laughs> I'm passionate about... Everything we've been talking about, you're passionate yeah, about. Yeah, I'm passionate about everything we're talking about today. I'm passionate about my family. Mm. I'm passionate about my friends. Yep. I'm passionate about my pets. Mm. I am recently more passionate about my health. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's so cool to see. <laughs> Thank you. I'm passionate about education. Mm. I'm passionate about kindness. Mm. How about that? Those That's things are beautiful. All very important to me. Yeah. And very true to what I've seen. Thank you. Uh, what is your definition of kindness? Just Ooh. throw a curveball in yeah, there. Yeah, that one's tough. I believe that <laughs> kindness is the ability to treat people the way that you would want to be treated. Mm -hmm. It's very simple, right? You treat people with respect. Mm -hmm. You try to meet people where they are, mm -hmm. right? And you try to withhold your judgment of that situation. So I think there is certainly a level of empathy that plays into mm. kindness. Mm -hmm. So it's it's one of those things of it's so easy to choose kindness too. Like we wake up every day and we think, can I be kind to people today or am I going to be awful to people? Because it's really that simple. Uh, am I going to hold the door open for this person because it's well within my ability mm -hmm. and it's easy. It doesn't cost me anything and it would be kind. Mm -hmm. it, it's something that we can choose to do and I believe we should. Yeah. Wonderful. And I agree. Yeah, right? Obviously. And then the next question mm -hmm. is what brings you joy? What brings you joy? <laughs> well, I, honestly, spending time with Heyoung brings me a lot of joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's clear to see. Talking to my mom on FaceTime brings me a lot of joy, mm -hmm. right? Um, joy is kind of a, a hard concept sometimes uh, because actually, mm. Hang and I were talking about this the other day that I actually struggle with this kind of concept of like happiness. Hmm. Uh, I, I think it's very hard to chase happiness, but people are spending a lot of time chasing it. And I kind of think that right. for a lot of people, the only way to judge happiness is relative to other people. And I don't think that's a very healthy mm. way to live. Uh, and mm -hmm. so I tend to aim for satisfaction. So I am very satisfied in my life. And I can do that because there's no comparison to other people in that case. Yeah, It's much easier to only judge against my own standards for satisfaction rather than happiness, which is so often against external standards. And I'm not keen on that. Mm. So joy is just a very tough concept for, oh. for me. I know things bring me this satisfaction. I know there is joy out there. And it can be, like I said, spending time with Heung, FaceTiming with my mom. When we go walking out at Namsan, and mm -hmm. the dog seems so happy and the air is so crisp and I can enjoy just being out there. That's that's joy for me. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Also, I want to just add that I also felt a lot of joy spending because I used to live in the same neighborhood as you. Oh, yeah. And uh, we would go on walks together or <laughs> yeah. we would just be having dinner at your place. Sure. And that was that was very joyful for me. That was joyful. Know? That is joyful too, right? 
I, I think there's mm-hmm. a lot about human connections. Mm-hmm. They're so complicated. They can be fraught with a bit of danger to us, but also bring us so much joy. Yes. That's why I always believe so much in that chosen family, our logical family versus our, uh-huh. our biological family, the people we're born with, or versus my logical family, the people I choose to uh, spend my time with. So those people, of yeah. course, bring me joy. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Mm. Um. And thing I think like for queer people, well, for all people, but also especially for queer people, sometimes there are things that just throw us off, mm. like some of the things you mentioned with your partnership in Korea, mm-hmm. and just these little things that throw us off when we're just trying to live our lives. I'm somebody who really prioritizes my peace mm-hmm. in my daily life. I don't know if that's the case for you, but. When things are a little rocky, you know, for whatever reason, a bit turbulent, is there anything that brings you peace, that centers you and and grounds you? (laughs) This is one of those questions that's actually quite challenging for me because I'm a very high anxiety person. Right. So I do my best to try to control that and bring that level down (laughs) literally all the time, every second of every day. Uh, Because if I don't, it can really spiral out of control. And... Mm. I know that just as people living the way we live right now, there's a lot of stressors in our life, and that gives us a lot of stress. And there's not very many acceptable ways in society now to release that stress. If I go outside Mm. and Mm. I just scream and run like crazy, somebody's probably going to become terrified. You know, (laughs) I'm going to scare the other people in the neighborhood. Uh, So finding that way to relieve that stress so that I can kind of find my inner peace is a bit of a challenge for me. Mm. These days, honestly, when I am very upset, if something is really bothering me, when I can feel my heart beating way too hard, right, for whatever reason, Mm. I tend now just to go to the gym and I try to lift weights Mm -hmm. because lifting heavy things makes me feel better when I'm done. Uh, even though I don't necessarily right. want to go. And it's probably because I'm not very good at running. If I, you know, I see people <laughs> out running around and I'm like, oh, that's probably good for that person's stress. It probably makes them feel better. It does not make me feel yeah. better. Just like if I walked out into the parking lot and screamed my head off, I probably wouldn't feel better at the end. Mm. But doesn't mean you can't try I it. I can't try No, I think you should try it. Everybody should try it. You know, I tried yoga. Yeah. Did not really work for me because I spent the whole time going, ow, 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 oh, no, oh, I'm going to fall <laughs> too hard. Oh, no. So it did not bring me any peace, but I heard it does for some people, right? Yeah, I know those people. Yeah, so, sure. so do I, those magical, magical people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've seen them. Yeah, <laughs> so I've seen those folks. So, yeah, for mm. me now, I try to do those things. Once upon a time, I used to go for drives, Mm. you know, just get out on the highway and drive. I don't do that as much now because of the fibromyalgia. It hurts me more Mm -hmm. to drive, which is counterproductive. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting and driving with my feet on the pedals causes problems. Now I also, I go out, I hike more. I go walking, take the dogs out, breathe, (laughs) those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to do with like moving your body yeah i need motion the right type not running (laughs) (laughs) not Not running uh that reminds me the last time we saw each other 
Heyoung suggested that we start working out together because uh, you've had like proper training now from a personal trainer. Yeah. And I am trying to train myself. Awesome. So. We should do that. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. I, I'm going to warn you, though. I might do a little bit of running because I do like to run, even though I have a bad knee. Uh, you know, you can, if you can bear through that. You can run. I will I will jog next to you on a treadmill for five to ten minutes, and that will be enough for me. And I'll be like, oh, I feel limber and Yeah, warm. and then you'll go and scream in the parking lot. I will lot. go and scream in the parking lot and Great. see if that worked. <laughs> Probably it'll sound like Perfect. this, though. Because <laughs> I'll be too out of breath. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, sounds great. Yeah. So aside from that, mm. what are you most excited about these days, if there's anything? Actually, I have several things. So I'm super excited because we are working on getting, you know, the new Puda open. That's mm -hmm. exciting. Um, yeah, the new sex toy store. Yeah. Also, I just want to mention uh. that Puda means to blossom in yeah. Korea. It can also mean to smoke it can. something. Yeah. But the way you mean it is to blossom. Yes, and to I blossom. just think it's a very beautiful, beautiful meaning Thanks. for a sex toy store. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A friend helped us out with that. Actually, it was, I think, the friend that mm -hmm. added in the ooh, right? The Puda part to kind of give mm -hmm. it that feeling of it blooms because I cared for it, right? It's something that actually needed our attention. And yes. I was like, oh, I like it's that even active, better. It's an active, it's something you do. Yes. To make blossom. Yes. Not just blossom. Yeah. It doesn't blossom on its own. Yes. You gotta, so you gotta put, put, put a little effort into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I'm the product. <laughs> I blossomed. <laughs> Look at you. In so many ways. Blossoming. <laughs> <laughs> From the opening party to now. To now. What an evolution. Right? Mm hmm Yeah. But Maybe we can talk about that sometime. There you I'm go. I'm sure. Yes, anyway, I interrupted mm. you. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the store reopening is very exciting. We're hoping to go visit my family over the winter. Mm-hmm. In the States? Yeah, in the States. So that's pretty exciting. We have, we have just kind of a lot of little projects. I'm slowly working on translating one of my sexuality courses. And, mm. you know, that hopefully I'll turn into something. I mean, it's already a, kind of an enjoyable class for me, but I'm hoping to turn it into mm. something more. They're translating into Korea. Yeah. So Got it. a lot of exciting things these days. Yeah. You yeah. always have some project or other going on, and <laughs> I just love to hear all about that, even oh. if I don't always like remember. Uh, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what happens when you like talk a lot. Yeah. Actually, uh, on that topic mm. of like sexuality course and stuff, mm -mm. Heyoung suggested the last time we met up and mm. I asked if you'd be interested in, in being interviewed for this podcast mm. she said hey what if you put it out there that you know Sherry is this expert in human sexuality and mm. you know she has this background in education and she's queer so <laughs> what if you ask the listeners if they have any questions that they would like answered by Sherry and Ooh. I'm like well that's a great idea if that you're up for idea. it you know, they can contact you, right? Mm. They can contact. Yeah. You. Send in DMs on yeah. Instagram, email address. I'm going to like post that in the episode description so you can find us. It's easy to find us. If you have any questions, then send them in. We will find a way yes. to get Sherry to answer those questions. Yeah. You're all for that, right? Oh, yeah. I'm, just I'm super excited for that. That'd be great. <laughs> super fun. Yay! Yay. What are some of the examples like you can think of that people might have questions on? Oh, shoot. I don't, you know, people literally have 
questions about everything. So mm. to me, honestly, it's very hard to pull out just a particular question because sexuality is so personal. And a lot of times what people mm. kind of want to know is, is this normal? And right. And yeah. of course, the answer is always yes. Uh, you know, it's, yes. it's, I guess it depends on how you define normal, but the answer is, yeah, nearly always, yes, extremely normal. <laughs> Maybe <Yeah>. rare. <laughs> we had a lot of that happen when um, I was, like, working at your sex toy store and would have these conversations. You know, customers would come in, they would ask questions, yeah. and you just provided this, like, really great environment <laughs> for me, even if I was alone and I was, you know, talking to them. I, I just felt like... I could speak with them mm. and we got a lot of these questions. We got all sorts of questions when mm. I was working at the sex toy store and of course you were there too. Mm. So as a group, after a day was done, yeah. after the shop closed, we would sometimes have these talks about the types of questions that people would come into the store with yeah. and so many of them overlapped. Yeah. And a lot of the common themes to these questions, I suppose, at the core of it mm. is, is this normal? Yeah. And we would just talk about that and why that is. And it was just like such a great learning curve for me, too, about mm. just sexuality, my own sexuality and just sexuality in general, too. So, <laughs> you know, send them in. Send them in. It's a very good chance that there's nothing you can ask us that we haven't heard before. And yeah. even if it is something completely new, we have a literal doctor in the house. <laughs> <laughs> One of your hobbies, I feel like, is to read papers on yeah. sexual behavior and new findings mm. and kinks and yeah. fetishes, all this stuff. Yeah. So... Yeah fascinating stuff it's yeah it's super fun it's very interesting very knowledgeable yes oh. we have an expert all right so uh don't be shy yeah. and lastly but not hmm. leastly do you have a favorite drink honestly it's coca-cola but i stopped ah. drinking coca-cola about a year ago again for my health i think i've had it like three times since then Ooh, impressive i know right mm. because i love yeah. it applause Great self-control. Mm -hmm. It's nearly killed me. The hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> um, but the reality is I replaced it with lattes. Right. I really, really enjoy a nice latte. So that's my favorite. Cold? Warm? Prefer warm. Okay. But in the summertime, I might switch to iced because it's hot. Mm -hmm. But I prefer warm. Right. Regular milk, right? Yeah. Regular milk, usually. Sometimes I will do oat milk or something, but I do prefer mm -hmm. the standard issue milk. <laughs> Full fat. Full fat. Yes. The best kind. None of that skimmed nonsense for no. me. No. Especially okay. if I'm paying for it. If I'm at home, yes, I probably have uh. skim milk. But boy, if I go to a coffee shop and I'm paying for it, I want it to be the best possible latte. Full fat. Mm-hmm. Full fat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's good to know. Mm. So you have like coffee every day now? Oh, yeah. Every day? Every day. Ooh. Mostly at home, though, because Ooh. I'm also cheap. <laughs> <laughs> That's why your coffees are always great. Whenever uh, I sleep over, yeah. you're like, hey, there's some coffee. You want to try it? And I'm like, ooh, this is good coffee. I try to get the good ones. Yeah. Always wakes me up. I can tell. So that's it, Only folks. Fans. 
the butthole. <laughs> Wait, can I take a screenshot? Yeah, of I won't put your face in it if you don't want. But oh yes, hell yeah! <laughs> oh my gosh, I hope this does not get censored on Instagram. I'm Me too. <laughs> I'm definitely sharing that. Um, Thanks, but Casey. thank you so much for sitting down with us at mm. the coffee shop. Mm, and you, thank you, Jay, and just sharing your life. This your amazing, wonderful, queer out, like passionate life i am so glad that you're in my life both of you and i'm glad that you're in my life too yes Yay. see beautiful beautiful friendship yes hopefully we can hear from your partner too i Hang hope on. so and yeah i hope you had a good time i had a great time jay thank you very much i hope to hear questions from your audience too yes send those in send those in the weirder the better to be honest uh, right <laughs> yes this is a safe space yes so enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you. And talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you want to send in your questions for Sherry or any other comments and or stories you'd like to share with us at the Coffee Shop AU, you can DM us on Instagram at the underscore coffee shop underscore AU or send us an email. Our address is hi, H-I at the coffee shop AU.com. Hope we hear from you soon and see you next week.